What's up, everybody? It's Phil The Voice, your pastor here at Nations Church, Los Angeles. I'm so excited that you've come and you've taken time out of your schedule to join with us in this week's broadcast. I'm excited to share my sermon with you. So we just pray right now in Jesus' name that your life is transformed. We declare and decree healing, transformation, and life change in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's get into the sermon as I keep it real with God and I keep it real with you. Let's look at the 20th chapter of 2 Chronicles. I'm going to read a little bit of a portion of the story. I'm going to jump down to the 7th verse, and then I'm going to jump down to the 10th verse. We're going to skip 8 and 9. I want to get to the points. Are you all ready? If you're ready, let me hear you say yeah. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 says, Jehoshaphat said to the Lord, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And did you not rule over the kingdoms of the earth? Or do you not rule over the kingdoms of the earth? Power, somebody say power. Might, somebody say might. They are in your hand. There is no one able to take a stand against you. Verse 7 says, Oh, our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? And then jump down to verse 10 through 12. It says here, Now behold, the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you have not allowed Israel to evade when, invade when they came to the land out of the land of Egypt, for they turned away from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us as an inheritance. O our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless against this great multitude which is coming against us. We do not know what to do. But our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you. Kids, if you're in the house, let me hear you say yo. All right, let me do better than that. Kids, where you at? Let me hear you say yo. Let me tell you a story today. And big kids and little kids. Ready? This story is a phenomenal story because it's about a king. A king is like a president. Can I hear an oh yeah? All right. So this, this king was this king. His name was Jehoshaphat. And he was a good king. How many know that there's good kings and there's bad kings? There's good presidents and there's bad presidents. We know all about that stuff, huh? Praise the Lord. We know, hey, hey don't read into it. Just, you know, we know we've had good ones and bad ones in this country. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now listen, kids, I want you to get this. And adults, I want you to get this for everybody. This is not directed just at the babies. This is your message today from the Lord. But we're going to present it in a multi-generational context so we can all understand. This good king was trying to live his life for the Lord. He was trying to follow Jesus and just live his life out. And God had given him something. How many of y'all have ever had your parent or somebody you love give you something important? Yeah? Lift up a hand. Let me hear you say yeah. Okay. So God gave them this land. It was a place that they would live. It was kind of like what America is to us. They had a land, and it's called Israel. It's still around today. How many of y'all, you kids, have heard of Israel before? Let me hear you say yeah. Yeah, a couple of you, okay? Now, Israel is this beautiful land, and it's this land that God promised that he would give to the people uh, that followed the Lord of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so this is the God of the Bible, and he said, if you follow me, he said, I'm going to give you this beautiful piece of land. Now, when God finally gave him this land, he brought him out of, out of slavery. Now, listen, these people of God for 500 years were slaves in Egypt. And God set them free and sent them into the desert. And after 40 years, they finally made it into the, into the promised land of God. Isn't that neat? That's a pretty powerful thing. Now, as they went in, there were people from Moab, Mount Seir. And these areas, right in this one area, when they came in, they were, they were the Moabites and the people from Mount Seir. They came in and God said, you know, give them a pass. 
But everybody else in that land pretty much got desolated. In other words, God said, this is your new land. Wipe them all out. Like, take them out, like, kill them. So they went to work and they started knocking everybody out of their land. They kicked everybody out. God gave them all these awesome victories. And before they knew it, they had this powerful, beautiful nation. Can I hear an amen? And, and now, right in the middle of this king's rule over this beautiful nation, some of the people from Moab and Mount Seir, who the Israelites, the people from Israel now, the Jewish people, the people of God, the followers of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's God, the good guys, these guys, they had let the Moabites and the people from Mount Seir stay in the land for a season. And they were kind to them and didn't kill them like everybody else. Does that make sense? If it makes sense, let me hear you say yeah. Okay, well then, the Moabites and the people from Mount Seir and these regions around that area decided, hey, you know what? Now's our chance. We got a lot of people. Let's see if we can't run these guys out of the land again and get it back for us. So these people who the Israelites had shown graciousness and kindness to and they didn't kill them, now they're coming back and returning that favor with evil. It'd be almost like you were the king of the handball court, right? And you're just playing handball. You're a winner, winner, chicken dinner every time. And you're the king or the queen of the handball court. And all of a sudden, some bully walks up and says, hey, I'm going to knock you out. And he's like two feet taller than you. He's got a bunch of muscles. And he says, if you don't get out of this handball court, you're getting, you're getting out of here. But the thing was, you earned your way in there. You worked hard. And you know what? You were the king or the queen of the handball court. But all of a sudden, this big guy who can't even play handball says, I'm going to take you out. Does that make sense? Yes or no? Okay, that's what was happening to Israel. And parents, that's some of the times the things that happen to us. We have promises from God. God says, hey, you and your household shall be saved. Parents, God says, hey, you're going to start this business and I'm going to bless you. Hey, you're going to go to this new church. It's going to be a blessing. And all of a sudden the devil comes up and he says, oh, yeah, guess what? This is what's happening. And all of a sudden you're like, hey, I got, thought I was going to get this new house. And all of a sudden my car died and this died. And I got to use my $10,000 for down payment for this. And now my dream has gone. But God, you promised me. And it feels like we're surrounded here hear me, surrounded by trouble. Anybody ever been there? Well, today I want to talk to you kids, big kids, little kids, and everybody in between, because when we feel like we're surrounded, there is an answer. And today we already got the answer. It was in that song we sang. How many of y'all remember? It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you, God. Can I hear an amen? It may look like I got trouble, but the enemy's in trouble with you, God. Because listen, there's a dimension. Little kids, I want you to hear this. Anytime you go through trouble and somebody's trying to pick on you or somebody's trying to take what's rightfully yours or you feel like somebody's trying to ruin your life, listen, little kids, big kids, and everybody in between, you can cry out to an invisible God. You can't see him with your eyes, but his power is more powerful than anything you could ever imagine. The Bible teaches us that when we pray that God hears our prayers and that he can change things in the physical. So you need to realize that there's an answer the answer is this. It's praising God and worshiping God, obeying God. Can I hear an amen? But I get ahead of myself, so I want to take you to that in just a minute. Are you guys ready? Let's go look at the notes so we can get this into your spirit. I'm super excited about it. If we look at this story today, we see first off that Jehoshaphat did something amazing. There's four things that he did that I think are prescriptive for us adults. Kids, there's four things that we can learn from King Jehoshaphat that will help you get through a hard time. Are you ready? Are y'all ready? Not only that, but let me tie it into our annual theme so you can see how this, how this jives. 
Now is the time, right? Now is the time for you to take authority in the land and the promised land that God has given you. Now is the time for you to become more fruitful than you've ever been. Now is the time for you to conquer the enemies that are standing in the land before you. Now is the time for you to speak out boldly and not worry about all the different things that are coming against you. Now is your time to become more for the kingdom of God. Now is your time. So in the, in the time where God was calling the people of God to grow and expand and become more effective as people of God, guess what? The enemy showed up. The devil always show up right in the middle of your party. He always tried to poop on your parade. Come on now. It's way worse than raining, trust me. He's like Lucille Ball. Do you poop out at parties, right? I love that. So here's some ways to get through and become more and to, forgive me, to, to, to seize the moment and realize that now's the time. I believe that God's going to give you some, some heavenly strategy to get through the difficulties when you feel attacked. Look, here we go. First, first is they humbled themselves by calling the entire nation to prayer and fasting. Let me say it like this. If you are ever going to be able to receive God's help to fulfill your life's calling, to get past the attacks of the devil and become all that God wants you to be, Beloved, you're going to have to humble yourself through prayer and fasting. Listen, prayer and fasting is a key to see God's purposes manifest in your life. Kids, let me tell you like this. If you want to get through a hardship and have a happy, healthy, safe, and blessed life, you're going to need to spend time with God through prayer. You're going to need to. And then not only that, kids, but you can fast too. You can say, hey, you know what, for three days I'm eating no candy and no sweets. The Bible talks about putting away certain foods. And you can put that away and put away the video games. And you can say, I'm going to read my Bible and pray more. And guess what? God will rock that bully in your life. Hear me. I promise you. It's a matter of time. His days are numbered. God will rock him. I had, a crack, I had a crack house across the street from the church. We tried to witness to him. They got crazy. They threatened us. Then what we do? We prayed him out. Just began to pray intensely, intensely. Within six months, they were gone. House was evicted. A new person moved into it. They sold it, renovated it. It's beautiful. They got a wonderful family. Listen, prayer works, kids. Prayer works, adults. Can I hear an amen? God will use your prayer and your fasting. Those bad guys, God bless them. He loved them. They wouldn't listen. So when they don't listen, they get prayed out. Prayer works, man. Had another troublemaking house around the corner selling, selling heroin right across the other way off Chase. Just bringing all types of trouble in the neighborhood. We tried to witness to them. Weren't having it. Guess what? We prayed them out. Hello? And called the cops on them multiple times. Because guess what? Faith without works is dead. Praise the Lord. God, God is in control. Kids, what am I trying to teach you today? If you need help, God can help you. You need to pray. You need to fast. You need to humble yourself. Can I hear an amen? That's what he says here. He says, oh, Lord, he came to prayer. And he, the Bible says here in verse 6, or forgive me, yes, yeah, 6, he said, are you not the God of our fathers, the God in heaven? Do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the earth? God is showing us here through this prayer that when Jehoshaphat prayed, he understood who God really was. God had all the muscle, all the strength, and all the power to change every situation. So when they came to God through praying, they knew that this was a good place to go. Have you ever went to somebody that tried to help you but did not have the strength to help you? Did not have the power to help you? Anybody ever been there before? You tried to get some advice, but they didn't, have the in, they didn't have the influence. They didn't have the money to fix your problem. All they could do is listen. That helps to an extent, but it doesn't help you get out of your trouble. When you come to God, you can bank on the fact that he has everything you need when you pray to him to be able to fix the situation. Can I hear an amen? Come on, amen. Maybe you're struggling with a dream, and you're like, this dream is like so much bigger than me, man. 
That's part of what the word is this year. And it seems like it's so hard for me to accomplish. And it's going to take more money than what I have to accomplish it. The bully that's pushing you around is maybe lack or a lack of financial ability. And it's pushing you around. And you feel like, man, I don't know how this is going to work. God, you need to begin to say, Lord, I'm praying and fasting because I know you have all the power, all the finances, and you gave me this. So before I even have everything I need, I'm just going to step out and start doing it, Lord, because faith without works is dead. I'm just going to start doing it. And God, you're going to bring the answer because you said that, Lord God, in your word, that you are my provider. And no good thing will you withhold from those who you love. Can I hear an amen? Give him praise in this house. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the truth. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise God. So he says, are you not? Secondly, he says, did you not? And this is an important portion. He said, did you not drive out our inhabitants from this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Hear, hear this. Not only did he first recognize that God had the power, but secondly, he reminded God. Did you know that you're, you're called to remind God? It's not that he forgets. It's that he's pleased when you remind him of his promise. How many of you have a promise in here? You're waiting on God in your life. You've been working towards something. Can you lift up your hand? Come on, lift it up high. Yeah. Amen. Now listen, you got a promise. Then you need to remember this, that you can call back God to, his, to the attention. Forgive me, you can call back the promise of God to his attention. You can say, Lord Jesus, I thank you today that, Lord, your word declares to me that me and my household shall be saved. Then I remember that Sunday night in 19, 1974 when you told me that my son and my husband would be saved. God, here we are in 2018 and things are not going good. But, God, I trust you and I believe you that you're going to do it. Can I hear an amen? And I believe that, God, you will fulfill your promise. Amen? And that, God, you're not a liar, that I can trust you, and that I can believe that you're going to fulfill what you did. Because you promised me in your word, you're not a man that you would lie. So I love that. That means not only did they humble themselves, but look at this. They prayed a prayer that first off recalled God's power, remembered God's promise, and thirdly, requested God's protection. I tried to write this clear so that the kids, so you can understand this, and everybody wants you to get this. This is what this man did, this king. He led the people of God, and he led them in a specific type of prayer. It was a prayer first that acknowledged that God was the God of his people and that he had the power that they needed to get through. Secondly, he got more specific, and he recalled God's power, remembered God's promise, and requested God's protection. Hear me today. Oh, and protection could be slash provision as well, because the pro protection in and of itself was a provision of soul and practice as well as, as well as a physical protection. I want you to get this concept that there was there was at the end of this uh, of the story, a beautiful turnout. There was a beautiful turnout that I'm going to get to in a minute, but they had to request that God would give them help. They had to pray that God would actually bring the help, protection, and provision that they needed. They needed to remind themselves of God's character. Can I encourage you today that in the midst of your struggle and your strain, maybe you're facing some big giants in your life, I want to remind you today, in Jesus' name, don't forget to, to bring back to your memory God's character. Don't forget to call back, Lord, thank you that you are my provider. Thank you that, God, you got me through these things in the past. You're the God of my fathers. There's a narrative going on here that goes beyond my generation to other people that raised me in the faith. Maybe they were pastors and ministers that influenced me. Thank you for that. And thirdly, Lord, I pray that you'll give me the provision and protection I need to accomplish everything that you called me to do. Amen? 
Next, I want you to hear this, everyone. They believed, Jehoshaphat and the people of Israel, believed and honored the voice of the prophetic, not dismissing it as too spiritual. I remember growing up in church and growing up in Pentecost and hating to see people get prayed for sometimes because I would see them like push people down and do all types of weird stuff. You know, you can be full gospel, Pentecostal, charismatic and not be a weirdo. Hello? You don't have to be weird. Grab somebody's tongue and shake it so they get filled with the Holy Spirit. I've seen it all. You know, lick your finger, stick it in someone's ear. Today, I want you to hear this, beloved. You don't have to be weird to be full of the Holy Spirit. Now look at this. Chronicles chapter 20, verse 10 says, Now behold, the sons of Ammon and Moab, Mount Seir, whom you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from the land of Egypt, for they turned away from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, the people from Moab and Mount Seir and Ammon, rewarding us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us as our inheritance. Oh God, will you not? Somebody say, will you not? Judge them. So first we have a are you not, then we have a did you not, the past and then the future, will you not judge them? For we are powerless against them, maintaining their humility. This great multitude which is coming against us, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. This is one of the most beautiful portions of the story because the humility begins to make such a presentation in the rest of this prayer here of Jehoshaphat. And the humility just says through, I mean, it just manifests to him and he begins to say things like, like, Lord, we don't know what to do. Our eyes are on you. They were not trying to figure it out for themselves. Can I hear an amen? Come on. Uh, they were not trying to like, what's the best idea here today? They, we got a horde. There were, there were gazillions. Somebody say gazillions. It's for the kids today. I'm doing that. Right. There were gazillions of people that were coming after them. Not just one bully, but there were so many bullies that were coming after them. And they were trying to kick them out of God's promise. And they were freaked out. And they were like, there's so many. We're surrounded. There's so many bad guys. And the Lord Jesus, hear me, through his Holy Spirit, because he was around back then too. Can I hear an amen? He existed from the beginning. He sent his precious Holy Spirit to speak to a prophet, Jehaziel. And Jehaziel, after all the prayers going on, he interrupts and he says, <coughs> excuse me, you ever had a good word for somebody in a hard time? It's not always easy to give. You ever have to give a good word in a hard time? Somebody lift up your hand. Come on. That was Jehaziel. And he stood before the masses, the droves of, of, of people of Israel. And he says, listen, people of God, because you've honored the Lord. The Lord has heard your cry. And he says, this day, I want to tell you, your enemies will go through this passage. I want you to come around this side. And when your enemy shows their face tomorrow morning, I don't want you to fight. I want you only to stand. This is the word of the Lord, he said. And instead of uh, getting them, because they could have, hear me, with this strategy, hear this, this divine strategy, they found access to knowledge they did not have. It was supernatural. They could have utilized that to attack them physically. But God says, no, 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 no. You will not need to fight. I will go before you and I will fight this battle. Hello. So that's why the song was so important today. This is how I fight my battles, through praise. And he tells them, people of God, Jehaziel tells the people of God, he says, this is what you'll do. You'll go into that valley and you will praise the Lord. You will worship God. You'll send out the guys with the tambourines in front of the guys with the M16s. Hello. That's what God was telling them through Jehaziel. And the Bible says, hear this today, beloved, that the people of God heard the word and that they were in unity with one heart. It's powerful. Come on, talk to me today. Talk to me. Don't be too quiet today. If you hear, if you, if you hear me, let me hear you say amen. 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 
Now listen, not only did that happen, but the beautiful thing was that morning came, and as they went around that side, and the enemies of God came through that valley, they began to shout and praise God, and the Bible says that God caused, listen to this kids, instead of fighting the bad guy, they began to praise, worship, pray to God, and sing songs, and that God caused the enemies of his people to get confused, to the point where the different people from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir began to fight each other, and they began to kill each other because they were confused confused because God, the praises of God will confuse the enemies of God. Can I hear an amen? And God will begin to work as you begin to worship in your life when you're facing a hard time. And the devil, when you start to worship God in a hard time, he's like, why is he doing that? He should be screaming. He shouldn't be happy. His kids are sick. And you just begin to worship because you realize that God inhabits the praise of his people. And he's enthroned on the worship of his saints. And every time I praise, a little bit of heaven's kingdom comes to earth. And every time I worship him and I shake my tambourine, a little bit of his will manifests on this earth. And every time that I go glorify him through saying God you will deliver us because you did it before you're going to do it now and you're going to do it again and they began to see the enemies of God to fall upon themselves now listen they fell upon themselves and the Bible says that they absolutely wiped out every last person do you know when you worship God, God will take care of your enemies. Every last enemy will be taken care of. The Bible says he will even make those live, with it, live at peace with you, even your enemies, if, if, that, if you please him and your ways please him. If your ways please God, he'll make even your enemies live at peace with you. I want to encourage you today that there is not one enemy that can stand against your worship because when you worship, you invite God's presence, his dominion. You're saying, I'm not going to solve this on my own. I'm not going to make up my own mind. I'm not going to do what's best for me. I'm going to do what's best for God's kingdom. I'm going to love my enemies. I'm going to be a man of God. I'm not going to fight with the flesh. I'm going to fight with worship. Can I hear an amen? Listen, we're talking about a spiritual revelation. Let me ask you a quick question. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. I can sense it in my spirit. Not in my eyes, in my spirit. Hear me today. When God set the people of Israel free, they went across the river, the river, the Red Sea rather, split open. They walked across, there were like two walls of water, glass water on each side, seeing the animals, the fish, everything. You can only imagine. They walked on dry land. They get to the other side and they see a place called what? What's the place called? Come on, somebody talk. Jericho. You hear what I'm saying? And what happens? What did they have to do? Somebody. How did the walls of Jericho fall? God said, hey, listen, I'm going to give you a little bit of money and some food and some stuff for the trip. It's going to be a while. Hello? How did, some of you are looking at me like, yeah, this is cool. I don't know this story. What happened? They walked around the walls of Jericho. And God didn't say shoot a rubber band gun at them. God didn't say make sure you shoot the A-bomb at them. He didn't say pull out the M16. He didn't say pull out, you know, some sort of uh, gasoline and burn it. He said, praise me. And the Bible says that as they praised him, that, that, that those walls began to shake. Can I hear an amen? Listen, I am telling you, those walls began to fall. Because worship is your weapon if you're a Christian. Your weapon is not your mouth, it's not your text, it's not your, uh, forgive me, your Facebook rant. Your worship is your weapon. If you want to get back at somebody, pray that God convicts them and they get holy. That's a good thing. 
Sow, sow righteousness and you'll reap it in your own life. I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody needs to hear this take. I'm looking like, everybody looking at me like, hi, oh, this is great. Sushi buffet, 1.30. I get it, but guess what? God needs you to hear this today. You need to get this in your spirit because some of you are right on the brink of manifesting greatness and your situation seems too big for you and you just need to worship and invite the Holy Spirit into your situation. Listen, God's going to give you the right people. He's going to give you the right breakthrough. And he's going to give you the right strategy. And the strategy for us today is worship. Would you stand with me in this place today? Stand up on your feet today. Listen, kids, I want you to get this. Kids, listen. If you're struggling with something at school, somebody's picking on you, somebody's hurting you, you need to be able to do this. Worship God in your life. How does worship help me? Let me tell you how it worships. How worship helps you. Have you ever tried to be mad at somebody while you're singing a worship song? Have you ever tried to speak in tongues when you're ticked off? I have. Guess what happens? You stop being ticked off. Hello! Is this thing on? Hey, listen, you start to worship and the devil can't stay. He's got to run out of town and get out of your life because greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Hallelujah. Oh, man, you can give God a bigger praise than that. That's his word, not mine. Hallelujah. 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 Yes. Yes. Now, listen, lastly. These people obeyed God's strategy. They listened to God's direction. They threw out human wisdom. They didn't make up their own mind and do what they thought they planned was best. They accepted spiritual wisdom from the prophet. Hear this today. And their plan succeeded because their plan was God's plan. Hello. So if you're going to succeed, you're going to need to humble yourself. You're going to need to fast and pray. You're going to need to proclaim God's word above your own thoughts. You're going to need to 100% believe and honor the voice of the prophetic in your life. And lastly, you're going to need to obey divine strategies to worship your way through your warfare. Do you hear what I'm saying? And if you do that, read the words on the wall. It'll be your time for first fruits. It'll be your time for the harvest. It'll be your time for divine recovery. It'll be your time to come to the table and show everybody what God's done in your life. It'll be your time because God will do in one day what you couldn't do in 100 years. He'll do it as you worship. You gotta worship him and invoke his presence. I'm gonna encourage you, lift up your hands and begin to worship him right now. Think about your trouble, think about your trial, and now just begin to worship him for who he is. Say, are you not the God who gave us this land? Are you not the Lord over the heavens? Did you not promise us this thing? Lord, and will you not judge our enemies today hallelujah are you not did you not will you not hallelujah are you not did you not what a blessing it is to hang out with you every week i want to say thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to sit with us and to sit under the ministry here at nations church la we have a vision as a multi-generational multicultural multi-ethnic church we really have a vision to reach the world matthew 28 is our credo we're thankful that you're a part of that as we make disciples of all nations amen god bless you thank you again for tuning in can't wait to talk to you next time and remember keep it real with god and keep it real with others